Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. want to thank you guys for checking out this episode of Bustin' Loose Baseball. I am Danny Ruye. Darius Gammer will make us sound good throughout this episode. Appreciate you guys checking us out. Keep rating, reviewing, subscribing, sharing with your friends and even your enemies. Your enemies can listen to us too. At Funny Danny on Twitter, let me know what you want to hear. You can tweet Grant H. Paulson as well. Guess, subject ideas, anything on your mind when it comes to the Washington Nationals. We want to hear it from you because we want to serve you, our listening audience. Always appreciate folks that have taken the time to download and, again, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff, wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey app, great place to do it. You can check out our regular show, Grant and Danny. Also, uh, a bunch of other podcasts that are available for you, Spotify, Apple Pods, wherever you guys get them. That is cool with us as long as you are listening and spreading the word. Got an episode for you this week that a little bit nitty-gritty, a little bit nerdy. Uh, Fangraphs, one of my favorite sites when it comes to baseball information. GP's a baseball savant guy. I'm a Fangraphs guy. I think both can exist. You can have two people that are attractive. Nobody has to decide between Henry Cavill and uh, and Chris Hemsworth. Both can be super handsome superhero guys. That's all I'm saying. Different universes. I'm a uh, Fangraphs guy. And Fangraphs went through and reviewed minor league systems uh, kind of in their comprehensive way. So you get these Baseball America or, or different scouting services that do rank this farm system or, or this prospect list number one or number 27 or 17 or whatever. And sometimes those are subjective, right? Like a prospect could be at the major league level, but he still sort of counts for one of those uh, type lists. Well, baseball, uh, excuse me, Fangraphs has their sort of comprehensive list about 
what are these guys really? What is their future value? And that's the, the the way they sort of designate these farm systems. Future value is their future major league scouting grade. You hear Grant and I talk about this all the time, the 2080 scale. For frame of reference, when scouts came and saw me play in college, there were a lot of 20s on their list in terms of ability, makeup, athleticism, whatever. And they basically said, no, not a prospect. And there's a big red X across the screen when it came to me. And that was the right evaluation. For these guys, though, talking about future major leaguers, you get 50. 50 is an everyday major league player. It's an average player. 45, role player, bench player. 40 is a guy that can sort of fill out a roster and then on down. 20 is an organizational guy, someone that hangs out until he's 27, 28 at single A, helping some of the young kids. Basically, like your, your, uh, you know, your Crash Davis, if he wasn't particularly good in, uh, in Bull Durham, right? Those are the organizational guys. All the way up to st- all-star, 60. 65, 70, these are top 10 players in the league, 70 plus. You're talking about a top five Hall of Famer, unbelievable superstar in his prime. So they're talking about the future rankings of these players. One national tops 50. One national in the organization right now this minute tops the 50 mark. 50, as a reminder, is the everyday major league player. That's saying something. One guy right now in this organization, you can probably guess who it is, he's knocking on the doorstep, he's going to participate in the Futures game for the second year, is Cade Cavalli. He's viewed as a 55. Now, I'm going to say this quick caveat. The Nationals and their scouting department, guys like Mike Rizzo and, and, and folks in their organization, would probably disagree with these assessments, Okay. I'm just giving you what Fangraphs has given you, and I'm you know I'm not I don't claim to be a scout. Uh, I I watch a lot of baseball just like you guys do, and I've seen reasons to be excited about guys like Bra- uh, Brady House, reasons to be excited about guys like Christian Vaccaro, Jeremy De La Rosa, and even recently Jackson Rutledge, who's put some things together, right? But they go in depth here uh, via Fangraphs. They even distinguish if a guy is going to be a single inning relief pitcher, a long relief pitcher, a starting pitcher, you know, what position he might project to play uh, in the major league. So right now, Brady House, for example, is a shortstop in the minors. They project him as a third baseman, which kind of changes his value. If he can stay at short, all of a sudden, he hits the way that he does, he becomes that much more valuable, right? That's just sort of the, the you know, part of the scouting uh, combination there. So one guy, Kate Cavalli, is viewed as plus. One guy, Kate Cavalli, is viewed as above average in this minor league system in the future for his value for the organization. It just shows you where the struggles have been. It shows you that this, while they've done really well in international scouting, think of the Juan Soto, you know, I know we can treat Victor Robles as kind of a punchline at times, and he said some unfulfilled promise, but you beat the Bushes, didn't cost you a draft pick. This is someone that started in center field on a World Series team and you know was a plus defender, just has not come around offensively at the plate. The draft is this month for the Washington Nationals, and we'll do a little bit here where we deep dive into some of the prospects as, as we kind of get closer. Grant does his wonderful show on Sirius XM where he has a Major League Baseball prospect show, so he's way more plugged in on some of these guys than I am, certainly. But I thought it'd be instructive to go back and look and to kind of explain what I'm talking about here as to why they're in the state that they're in. The Nationals might quibble with an individual grade or two. They might tell you that, no, 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 you guys don't, you don't have it right about, I don't know, uh, Jeremy De La Rosa, who's at A-ball, tearing the cover off the ball right now. He's a 55 one day in the Major League, so he'll be an average starter. Or you guys don't have it right about... You can pick it. Evan Lee, we think he'll develop a third pitch. Or Yohan Adone, who's wearing it at the major league level. No, no, no. He, he, you know, he pretends to be something else. Totally fine. You can quibble with individual stuff. But you can't sit there and tell me at this stage that this Nationals farm system is rich with future plus major league talent. Right? I think that's okay, by the way. 
I think that's okay. That's what they're trying to change. That's what they're working on. That's what the purpose of of the uh, of the trade last or the myriad of trades last summer was all about. Ship and Trey Turner and Max Scherzer and, and everybody else in between that wasn't bolted down was to replenish this system. You need more fifties. You need more guys that are you know potential role players, part time starters, guys that you can be okay with. Not everybody can be an all star. Not everyone gets to be the Dodgers or the Yankees. You know, have just absurd uh, amounts of money and resources committed to every position. If one does pan out, you just spend on the next guy. Not everybody gets to play by those rules. So the Nationals, the guys that would be filling out some of these roles right now are pitching in the major leagues for other teams, be they Dane Dunning, be they Hazel Cesardo, be they Nick Pavetta. There's a bunch, a bunch of these kind of guys, right? You've got position players that have done that as well. That's what they did to keep their window open. The difference between them and, again, some of these teams that not only had a window open but had unbelievable stars at the ready, it seemed like. Every time you turn around, well, they traded this guy, but they've got the next superstar waiting to step in. Think of the Braves and Spencer Strider. Think of the Dodgers and guys like Gavin Lux and and company, right? The difference between the Nationals and those teams is their guys late in the first round, where where you pick when you're successful, just simply haven't hit. It hasn't happened for them. That's been the unfortunate thing. you got to go back to 2011. 2011! For the last time, their first-round draft pick got to the major leagues, was really good for them, and this guy, it turns out, was uh, the biggest reason, probably, outside of Steven Strasburg, they won a World Series. Some dude named Anthony Rendon, who's scuffling, by the way, in, uh, in Anaheim, or Los Angeles of Anaheim, Angel- Los Angeles of Anaheim. I'm not even sure what they are anymore. But Anthony Rendon in 2011, a guy that slipped to them at number six. He shouldn't have been on the board. He was, had some injury concerns. He was just fine and dandy over here. Silver slugger. Superstar, World Series stud. He hits the homers. You know all about it. He was unbelievable in that run uh, in his contract walk here. Everybody got what they wanted out of that. You go from there. That's more than 10 years ago now. Listen to these names. Stop me when you find the guy that's made a huge impact for this organization at the major league level. 2012, Lucas Giolito. That was the centerpiece of the trade that got you out of meeting. So that's a win, right? That makes sense. 2013, they didn't have a first-round pick because they signed Rafael Soriano. i say that again. They didn't have a first-round pick because they signed Rafael Soriano. Jake Johansson, not the comedian, that's a comics comic, but the guy at Dallas Baptist University. 2014, Eric Fetty. That's the closest it's been to this. Closest it's been to the thing we're talking about. Fetty having a nice year, eating some innings for you. He's throwing his cutter more. He right now, I would say, is a league average, maybe even above average at times, Starting pitcher. That's valuable. That's helping them. 2015, Andrew Stevenson. There's an article, uh, I believe it was in the Washington Post here this week, about Stevenson trying to make it back to the major leagues because he's now no longer a prospect. He's older. He's tasted major league fourth outfielderdom, and he's having a nice season at AAA, but, you know, so what at this point? 2016, Carter Keboom. Yeah. 2017, Seth Romero. Ooh, gut punch. 2018, Mason Denneberg. Still working through his organization. I really think 2020 hampered him, by the way. that was uh, He's only thrown 20 innings, I think, um, back in 2019. So he's had the Tommy John, and he's you know starting to pitch again this year. Uh, but it's still you know, a long way away. Jackson Rutledge is on this list, right, in terms of some of their top prospects. He's, he's number six overall viewed in this organization. A 40-plus is his grade. That's 
again, just below, uh, again, major league average or really useful players. A guy that could be on a roster, certainly, but he's viewed by the scouting service as a single-inning pitcher, not something you want to have for a guy that's you know in A ball at this stage at 23 years old. Again, that's not the path to having transformative franchise players coming through the draft. 2020, Kate Cavalli, we just referenced, he's knocking on the door. That's where you start to see some of the success in Brady House 2021. Still way too early to tell, but a lot of promising signs. The guys they've selected in the first round each of the last two years are the guys that are viewed the best in this organization. Brady House and Cole Henry are the two 50s for this organization right now this minute. I think House has a higher profile than that, but again, I'm not a professional scout. These guys are, and you know about Cavalli. The draft is going to be huge for the next couple of seasons. Think about how they transformed. Think about how they got to where they got. I know signing Max Scherzer is an enormous deal. And previous regimes had your Jordan Zimmermans, your Ian Desmonds. But they changed the world here once you got Strasburg and once you got Bryce Harper back-to-back years picking number one. Thank goodness Seattle decided to win two out of three, I think, their final weekend. Otherwise, you wouldn't end up with one of those guys. I think it was the Strasburg year. But previously, it's Aaron Crow, it's Ross Detweiler, it's Chris Marrero. Nothing special out of there. The core of that team that started this great run in Strasburg, Bryce Harper, Ryan Zimmerman, 2005, first draft pick um, of the Washington Nationals organization, sort of forms the basis, right? Everything else kind of fills in. Shrewd moves by Mike Rizzo, whether that's getting Gio Gonzalez for a song, Wilson Ramos uh, for an aging Matt Capps, who had a nice first half that they converted into their everyday catcher for several years. A bunch of those kind of moves, the core of that, a couple of good draft picks. You need everyday punch, everyday success from it. It looks like Cavalli might be that. Brady House still a couple years away. That's how you get this organization back on its feet. It's not a great free agent signing. If Nelson Cruz had done what he was supposed to do this season and hit a bunch of home runs and and and, and been great, you're still a team that's at the bottom of the NL East. If you know Cesar Hernandez wasn't a guy that you know last year was a 20 homer bat. This year he's got none. Hasn't been really productive offensively at all, let's say he was okay. You're still a last-place caliber team. Let's say Patrick Corbin was having a great season. You're still probably a last-place team. You see the math. You see where I'm going with all this. You absolutely need to hit, to supplement, to add in layers of talent. Even if it's not for Major League players, it's for guys that can you know, fetch you something else. Again, the, the, the one of the great trades in Nationals history, maybe the number one, was when they took Steven, Steven Souza, and made him part of a deal that got them Joe Ross and some kid named Trey Turner. Think about that. That doesn't happen every time. That's lightning striking in a way that, you know, they, they were just sort of minding their business and Tampa and San Diego were working out this deal. And they were like, yeah, sure, we'll get ourselves involved in that and get the two best players probably out of that deal. Ah, that's probably not fair. But two of the three best players out of the deal will end up here in Washington. That's rare. That's hard to do. What should happen when you pick at the top of the board, as they will this year and as they likely will next year, is you can find, you have a choice here. You can choose at the top of the board between your higher floor, maybe ready-made big leaguer, or your couple years away but super high upside type player. No wrong answer when you're trying to build. You have to consider other factors like maybe new ownership or wanting to, to, to give some better results to Juan Soto quicker. Maybe that influences your thinking if you think you can sign Juan Soto. It's complicated. It's why these guys get paid an awful lot of money to evaluate talent. But right now, this minute, that's the void. Okay, and again, I'm not picking on them. I, I, I try to offer the, the full balance. I know why we're here. You guys should too. That parade in 2019 kicked ass. 
Those years where they were a 90, 93, 95, 96 win ball club were great. I know the playoff success wasn't there until finally 2019, but having a relevant and competitive baseball team, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. You can just ask the Phillies, the team that's beaten our, our brains in here this week. That you know, every time Kyle Schorper hits, it's it's a home run. He's like a, a movie character at this point. But ask them. They had their Doc Holiday, rest in peace, World Series teams with, with him and Cliff Lee and all the guys that they built up and Rollins and um and 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 Howard and everybody else, and they were great. They haven't come close to that success since then. They've been quite literally a 500 ball club. I think they're now a game or two over 500 over the course of 10-plus years. They can't get back to it no matter what. No matter how many Harpers and Castellanoses and Schwarbers they try to find, no matter how much they spend on pitching, it's always something with them. It's really hard to do this. And teams that make it look really easy, like the Yankees, again, like the Dodgers, or even the Cardinals, for example, those are model organizations. And... That's what you strive for. You strive to be that good, but doing it on a limited budget, again, the Yankees print their own money, the Dodgers do too now, and finding a way to compete with those elite programs for, for the Rays, it's a it's a math problem, right? Everything they're doing is based on uh, uh, the, the the executives with horn rim glasses and, and pocket protectors, and they find a way to be competitive each and every year, finding new ways to innovate. But for the most part, everybody else plays by the exact same rules. And the Nationals are now one of the have-nots when it comes uh, to their organization and the level of talent. They just don't have enough horses. One guy having a better year at the Major League level, you know, if Juan Soto was doing normal Juan Soto things for the first half of the season, you'd still be, as I said before, kind of a last-place club just because they don't have enough. There are bright spots. I mean, look at what Josiah Gray did. I'm recording this here on Thursday. Josiah Gray yesterday, again, the only two, I wouldn't even call them mistakes, but you threw a pitch that, Kyle Schwarber could hit. And that dude is white hot right now. He's doing the thing in uh, July that he did last June for the Nationals. Gave him their only winning month. He's been unbelievable. Other than that, Gray was ridiculous yesterday. The slider was snapping. Curveball was good. Fastball was exploding. I even saw a couple changeups in there. He befuddled a really good Phillies lineup. There are reasons for excitement. I think Cavalli is going to be better maybe than, than the folks at Fangraphs uh, happen to think. But that's, that's just my own bias. Maybe that's wishing for those kind of things to happen. But this is a huge month for the Nationals. It really is. Because this draft has to be nailed. They've got to nail it next year's as well as they're probably going to you know, spin out of control and, and lose a bunch of uh, games here down the stretch. I think as of this recording, second worst record in baseball, worst in the National League. That's all part of it, man. That's fine. you got to replenish, restock your system. And you also need some unexpected wins. You need the the guys that come up, and you don't know they're going to be that good. But maybe Jackson Tetro turns into something. Maybe you know Evan Lee is more than than, than you thought. Maybe Christian Vaccaro isn't a forty. Maybe he's a fifty-five when he gets to the major leagues in a couple of years. You don't know those kinds of things yet, and that's why you continue to play the games, why you continue to develop. But at this stage, this group has to start hitting home runs. Terrible pun by me. I apologize for that. In the draft, it just has to happen. They've got to get it right, and you're now sort of back against the wall. It's no longer a luxury. Nobody was bothered in 2015, 2016 when you went back and looked at some of their draft picks. Like, no one was upset in 2017 when when Seth Romero was mucking about and getting himself suspended and, and, and not being part of things. 2018, 2019, nobody's going, yeah, where's Seth Romero? Because the club was awesome. Because Max Scherzer was dealing. Because Steven Strasburg was kicking butt, Right. Patrick Corbin was having his his uh, best or second best year for a team that was absolutely a World Series contender. Juan Soto was Sotoing. Adam Eaton, the top of the order. You know the story. You got stars upon stars. Nobody's sitting there going, well, why didn't Seth Romero work out? But now, 
Once those guys are gone, retired, playing for other other teams, you look up and you go, hey, whatever happened to Seth Romero? Hey, whatever happened to, uh, to Carter Keboom? Whatever happened to a guy that was supposed to be the everyday outfielder and Andrew Stevenson? And you realize that missing on those guys is just killer. That's how windows stay open. That's how teams maintain excellence. So there's my preaching. So the Nats minor league system, again, according to fan graphs, you got one guy in Kate Cavalli who projects to be an above-average major league player. He'll uh, be in the Futures game again. I just saw that news, as well as uh, infielder Darren Baker, which is pretty cool, a nice little bit of symmetry. Those guys will get to play uh, in in the Futures game. But other than that, you got to have some more guys pan out. you got to have more success in the draft. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.